Blue Makers Podcast, where waste is not wasted anymore. Hey, hey, dear listeners. This is the Blue Makers Podcast by MyraWaste.com and my name is Orsha Böte. I am a Hungarian from Romania and I am not an expert but an explorer so this is the reason why this podcast exists so I want to discover uh, sustainable and nature-based solutions with people who works in this field also uh, the blue economy concept in practice and today my guest is Raffaella Mancini from Italy and also uh, uh, Spain uh, he uh, worked works in uh, the blue economy in the maritime area also with uh, different uh, European Union corporations and organizations so uh, his story is very interesting uh, and he is also working with aquaculture if you are interested in this uh, you can contact him I uh, uh, insert the contact data below down so just scroll down and you will find it So, uh, thank you for listening us, and let's start the interview. No, my name is Raffaele Mancini, I work as a Blue Economy expert. Uh, um, currently, I'm working as a consultant for several organizations, but my main, let's say, collaboration at the moment is with uh, an organization which is called Plan Bleu. Uh, they are based in uh, Marseille, in France, and uh, um, Plan Bleu is one of the regional activity center in the framework of the UNEMAP uh, initiative, I mean, of the Barcelona Convention. Uh, and my role is to work on blue economy, of course, in the detail I'm working on aquaculture and uh, on cruise and the recreational boating, so two of the economic sectors Um, uh, in the framework of the blue economy. Uh, so my my skills, professionally speaking, are mainly on these two issues and on sustainable tourism as well, a link to uh, to coastal and maritime uh, touristic activity. So this is a little bit what uh, I've been doing in the last few years. And uh, how did you meet with the blue economy concept and why did you choose uh, to work uh, with this field? I let's say I came across a blue economy concept in 2015. Basically, um, it was on the occasion of the ministerial declaration on blue economy by the Union for the Mediterranean. Uh, on that occasion, I had the chance to to know what uh, blue economy was about, uh, the policies, uh, especially at the European level, uh, promoting blue economy. Uh, there was the integrated maritime policy of the European Commission at that time. And, uh, and then uh, um, actually I joined the Union for the Mediterranean and I work on uh, the implementation of the declaration. So uh, since then uh, I've been working on, uh, on blue economy in different aspects, but uh, always in the framework of this, uh, of this concept. And uh, how do you see the implement process? It, it is uh, hard or it is easy? Uh, no, my, per- 
perception is that it's uh, now a quite well received concept. It's true that uh, blue economy is uh, per se linked to sustainability. So uh, the implementation of blue economy uh, has uh, the same uh, problems uh, that we encounter when we want to promote sustainability, which means the, 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 the sustainable development and the sustainable use of uh, uh, marine resources in the case of, of blue economy. But uh, it's, uh, uh, my perception is that it's clearly seen as a great opportunity for growth because of course uh, the let's say the, the the sea in this uh, center is a is a bit uh, a kind of last frontier in the sense uh, it's uh, there is still uh, a, um, uh, a huge uh, space for development but of course we have to avoid to convert the sea into a kind of uh, dumping site from one side but also to a kind of uh, uh, let's say um, wild development space. We have to find a way to, to regulate this, this great opportunity, which means not only money for business, but also, of course, um, well-being for, for people, for people especially in remote areas, in islands or in coastal areas. And uh, for the listeners who uh, has never uh, heard uh, about before the aquaculture, could you please explain uh, what is your work uh, and what have uh, people can realize an aquaculture business? Uh, yes, aquaculture in the Mediterranean is a growing sector, is a crucial sector actually, basically because of the, the collapse somehow of the wild stock. Uh, so aquaculture becomes a natural alternative to wild fishes. And, uh, and of course, uh, we are lucky in the Mediterranean because we are uh, leading the aquaculture sector, um, let's say, um, at, at international level, uh, global level as well. Um, there are uh, there are countries which uh, which are particularly strong in this sector, like Italy, Spain, Greece, France. And basically, uh, the work I'm, I'm doing now on aquaculture is uh, linked to the, to the sustainability. Actually, uh, in the specific uh, with Plumble, we are working, we are leading a, a regional process, a very large multi-stakeholder process, to uh, elaborate a, a sustainable uh, roadmap. So what countries should uh, take into consideration in order to increase the sustainability of this sector. And there are many issues. There are the issues of uh, uh, fishes uh, diseases. There is uh, the issue of alien species. There is the, uh, because sometimes when you have an aquaculture structure, there are alien species that can escape. And this is a very, may have a very strong impact on the marine ecosystem. And we're talking about uh, fish uh, oil, uh, fish feed, in the sense that they must also, we should look for a more sustainable way to feed the fishes in the, uh, in the aquaculture structure and so on. There are many, there are many, many issues. Uh, what we have been trying to do is to involve as many uh, organizations and experts as we could in order to have a, a comprehensive view of the main problems and propose uh, 
and propose solutions. Let's say that there are many organizations working on aquaculture because aquaculture together with tourism is really a crucial issue, a crucial blue economy sector in the, in the Mediterranean. And uh, uh, you mentioned sustainability. Uh, what does it mean personally to you? Because there are there is no a unified definition. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, we have been working with sustainability concept for many years by now. Uh, yes, sustainability. Let's say in the most classical section is uh, the capacity to uh, benefit from natural resources without compromising uh, the source of those uh, of those uh, uh, resources so in the case of uh, of the sea uh, we have the chance to to benefit from fishes from uh, from the sea for transport etc and all these benefits that uh, we can enjoy should be uh, maintained for the next generation which is which is possible let's say for the moment uh, the idea was to uh, to uh, access uh, as many resources as possible and to to make the most out of them without thinking too much of the final consequences now uh, of course not now i mean it's uh, quite a long time that the approach has changed but it's difficult because sustainability sometimes means uh, a radical change in policies it means uh, a huge huge uh, amount of money investments in order to convert the economic sector and so on. So um, let's say getting back to your question, for me sustainability is uh, to be clever enough not to destroy the sources of our life. And uh, what about uh, the areas where we already destroyed the natural ecosystems? How we can uh, restore it in your opinion? Yeah, restoration is, a, is, a, is an issue in the sense that uh, for many years we have been talking for, um, I've been talking on conservation, on sustainable development, but uh, more and more now we need to restore. In the sense it's not sustainability somehow, paradoxically, is not, uh, it's no longer enough. We have to restore an ecosystem with the idea that uh, the services the social economic services that those ecosystems provide can make our life much better, especially can provide local communities with a source of revenue. So the idea to restore, for example, just to give you a concrete case, when I speak about the restoration, I speak, for example, in a very degraded area, in a marine area, we can restore artificial reefs. Artificial reefs means to uh, attract again biodiversity. Biodiversity means uh, uh, the chance to get back to fishing. Uh, biodiversity means to improve the attractiveness of a place so we can promote tourism. So this kind of initiative. We have many, many degraded areas that uh, may be converted into um, let's say, a development opportunity. And what is your experience with uh, entrepreneurs uh, who uh, would like to be involved in this process? Uh, I think it's not uh, too easy for them to learn something, a uh, very new concept. Yeah, no, but you know, um, you would be surprised to, to know how many small and medium enterprises are working on marine and maritime issues. It, sometimes they have a very good level of innovation. Uh, 
the problem is uh, twofold. First of all, sometimes they have uh, the technical skills, but uh, sometimes they lack uh, the, the, let's say, the big picture. So the overall uh, political uh, policy regulatory framework. And then again, it's a question of investments because you may have a very good idea in order to, for example, restore um, a marine site, an area. But to do that, you need uh, to transfer and replicate your idea. This means uh, uh, to have uh, the right uh, legislation, the right regulatory frameworks. You need money. You need the, let's say, all an enabling environment that sometimes, uh, uh, can, I mean, sometimes, most of the time, cannot be controlled from, uh, from small enterprises. But in terms of knowledge and uh, technical capacity, uh, SMEs are uh, a crucial actor in promoting blue economy. Without them, uh, I think uh, the risk is to, to convert the blue economy just into a concept without a real, uh, a real implementation. And uh, how do you see the role of um, big companies, multinational companies, uh, if uh, we say that uh, SMEs has a crucial role and uh, they can uh, make an impact? Yeah, yeah they say the, the corporates, of course, I mean, the multinationals have uh, uh, the possibility and, and then also the corresponding uh, uh, responsibility to promote the, this process. Of course, uh, they have... Uh, uh, let's say they have uh, inside uh, more tools. Uh, they have uh, uh, access to decision makers. I mean, for them, it's much easier to access decision makers. And they have the chances to the chance to to influence decision makers. For a, a small SME, even if they are a very great uh, technological knowledge, uh, sometimes they don't know how it works. I mean, they. They don't have an office in Brussels, for example, to advocate for, uh, you know, the European uh, uh, European policy. So, so the role and the, um, the responsibility of multinational is very is extremely big. Of course, uh, it takes uh, also a change of uh, paradigm in the sense that uh, uh, profit, which is absolutely legitimate, must be. Uh, frame into a different, uh, uh, let's say, long-term picture, which uh, ensures sustainability. And could you tell us some examples in your area where uh, corporate uh, companies uh, were open-minded to um, change the paradigm, or also SMEs? Yeah. No, there are, there are, let's say, there are efforts, uh, there are sectors in which this works better and other sectors in this, this doesn't work um, so good. For example, when it comes to cruises company, the, uh, actually most of them, uh, even if uh, uh, at global level, 50% of the vessels navigating the world are navigating the Mediterranean. Uh, so this is a big, a big. Uh, these are big numbers for us living in, in this region. But uh, the companies are from uh, United States, for example. The, the biggest companies are from United States, and um, they are they are um, they are uh, aware that they are in the spotlight in the sense that everybody would like them to move uh, uh, more quickly 
uh, towards sustainability. But it's, uh, there is still a long way to go in the sense, even if vessels uh, now are much better, we have to consider that uh, a cruise vessel is a place where there are approximately five, six, seven thousand people. So, uh, for, of course, for a corporate, this is a business opportunity, but the impact of an activity like this like this is, 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 very, is very big. So in this sense, uh, uh, the business model must, must, must change. Uh, this is the example of the of cruises. There are another sector, which are, uh, for example, the sector I know, aquaculture. Um, let's say there the, the, the is, a, there is a, a quicker movement towards sustainability, also because, uh, let's say, the regulatory framework is much stricter at the European and international level. So somehow they are obliged to do so and they have to adapt the business model to, uh, to the legislation. I would say that the probably legislation, I mean policy, legislation, and regulatory frameworks are the three elements uh, um, which can really influence sustainability. I mean they are a kind of framework. Uh, without them, uh, you can do whatever you want, but the chances to be successful uh, would not uh, be so so high. And uh, what would you recommend for people who uh, doesn't live in the marine area, like uh, me, I uh, live in the Carpathians, uh, how, uh -huh. we, how we can apply the, uh, this kind of blue economy? Because I know that uh, there are two kind of, one of uh, this uh, about the oceans and the other one about um, the nature-based solutions by Gunther Pauli. Uh, yes, let's say that actually at the beginning the, 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 the issue was the other way around. In the sense when Blue Economy was uh, put forward as a concept, um, most of the countries were discussing about the green economy. Uh, so at the beginning, let's say the terrestrial part uh, of uh, sustainability was in the spotlight, while the, the let's say the coastal part of uh, the planet was somehow overlooked. So let's say blue economy uh, was born after green economy, which was more inland. And uh, mm, so uh, let's say they are they are two faces of the same coin. Uh, there is not much uh, much difference. I mean, the, the really the, the foundation, the conceptual foundation of green and blue economy are the same. Sustainability, sustainability, which is not just uh, pure conservation, but uh, living in harmony with uh, human uh, with humans, which means also to to support their their economic activities. And then for the second point that you said, sorry, I don't I don't remember your second part of the question. Uh, what would you recommend for people who doesn't live in marine area, uh, like I, uh, I live in the Carpathians? So how we can apply, in your point of view, uh, aquaculture or other uh, blue ideas? Uh, let's say in land, uh, there are not many. The, 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 only, the only thing that comes to my mind is just freshwater aquaculture, because aquaculture is not only marine. 
uh, can be marine, can be in brackish water, which is uh, the water, you know, the transitional water between land and sea, and then can be also fresh water. So fresh water is definitely a, 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 a blue economy that uh, is also present in uh, inland. And also tourism, because as I told you, my my recent work was on cruise and recreational boating, but the cruises and recreational boating are just a segment of tourism. So, uh, actually, uh, uh, um, inland and uh, uh, a sea area should uh, um, build synergies in order to avoid the tourism is just, uh, uh, you know, uh, sun uh, and beaches, but uh, uh, I'm sure that in your area there are beautiful places that can be visited and uh, there is no need to go to the sea all, all the time. So it's also a question of uh, mentality. We have to promote uh, alternative um, tourist uh, routes uh, in order to also to, to give value to different places, uh, different from uh, beaches in Greece or in Italy or in Spain. Uh, unregulated tourism or massive tourism can be extremely, um, I would say, devastating. There are entire areas of the coastline in Spain or in Italy which were, let's say, uh, really damaged by this kind of tourism. Also because there is something which is called a carrying capacity uh, in the sense that each single place has an, a maximum number of uh, people that can host, that can accommodate. If we go over that, of course, the risk of destroying the, 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 whole, uh, the whole area is very high. And it becomes a kind of boomerang because, of course, nobody wants to go to very ugly places in, uh, on vacation. So if you destroy a place, somehow you destroy your main source or, or a very, very good potential source of income. So, and, uh, and there are many, it's just a question of changing, uh, uh, let's say, to, 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 to think a little bit out of the box, uh, to be very, very aware that uh, we are now in such a situation that we cannot continue like this. And uh, whether we like it or not, we need to radically change our way of looking to activities like tourism, for example. And uh, regarding uh, waste and uh, blue economy, uh, how do you see the connection between them? Uh, because uh, if I uh, look uh, in every area, there are waste. Ah, yes, yes, of course. Uh, we produce a lot of waste in tourism activities, uh, also on cruises, for example. When I told you before about cruises, uh, now vessels, the most modern ones, uh, are, um, have advanced quite a lot in treating solid waste, also wastewater, etc. But uh, in many cases, this is just on paper, in the sense that many, for example, vessels were caught uh, in discharging um, wastewater or effluents of any kind to the sea. And for that, they were fine. And there are many cases of this. So they say, uh, the production of uh, waste is uh, the main characteristic of our society, at least in the last uh, um, uh, 25, 30 years. It's not a case that now waste is our, our main resource. 
in the sense of what we are plenty of. So we we need to to find uh, uh, use of these uh, of these uh, of these waste while of course uh, changing our production and consumption models. And then uh, you know there is the, the concept of circular economy, which. Uh, um, many organizations are looking at also because it's very convenient. If you if you imagine uh, uh, an economic activity which has zero waste, it would be a very extremely profitable activity. So, the, but of course, uh, moving from the concept to the reality is uh, is very difficult. It takes time, and that's why we speak about transition. Uh, this transition is going to be long. Of course, uh, we can make it shorter if we have uh, um, all the tools available, which means uh, adequate uh, policies, legislation, and a lot of money. A lot of money. You know, the, this is the example of climate change. Now, finally, countries are, real, are realizing that uh, the impact of climate change is going to be so devastating that, uh, you know, uh, money available in principle, it's huge. It's up to us to use it in the best, uh, the best way. And uh, how do you see the role uh, of startups in this transition? In the sense that transition means ideas to build on. For example, new. just to give you an example that I know personally, directly, because of my work, there are uh, uh, enterprises in Spain working on... Uh, artificial reef, which are extremely technologically advanced, that can promote the restoration of degraded areas. There are, uh, there are examples in France where a very small, I would say just one person, uh, one person uh, uh, set up a, a small enterprise for um, ecological anchor. You know, the anchor is, uh, is something that sometimes is overlooked, but uh, in, uh, in the Mediterranean we have an endemic plant which is called Posidonia oceanica, which is fundamental. They have, uh, the Posidonia oceanica gives us a lot of services. And sometimes uh, this Posidonia is uh, damaged because of boats. When you go to a place, uh, you stop your boats, uh, you launch the anchor, and sometimes, for many reasons, the wind, the currents, the anchor, uh, goes to Posidonia Midos, it can, it can destroy this very, very valuable uh, plant. Just to, to name a few, there are a lot of examples. Actually, the main uh, intriguing ideas come from startups, because, uh, because it's also logical, because the startup is uh, a little bit the, 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 the aim of a startup is to really trigger a process just to put on the table an idea and then of course it's not up to them to uh, to disseminate to replicate uh, it's up to us in the sense for example in bigger organization big organizations so countries have the, uh, the 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 duty to keep their eye open and to promote as as much as they can uh, sustainable ideas and uh, if you could recommend some advices for the listeners uh, who uh, has um, heard this topic about uh, the first time, uh, where and they would like to uh, learn more about it, what would you recommend where uh, they should start it? 
for the Mediterranean, I would uh, I would advise, of course, the the European Commission. The, the European Commission they have a very very informative uh, uh, web pages uh, speaking about the blue economy as a, as a concept, providing very concrete example, explaining what kind of policies uh, are have been put in place in order to promote this concept and so on. Then there is another organization which is uh, 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 the Union for the Mediterranean, which is an organization promoting, let's say, dialogue at regional level. And among the working, uh, let's say, priorities, there is also blue economy. So they explain what blue economy is. But uh, you know, nowadays, if you Google blue economy, you have access to so many initiatives uh, at any level. I mean, uh, country level, organization level, no profit level. For example, if you go to organization like uh, WWF or IUCN, or others, you can see this concept very widely explained and presented. And do you have open application for a program or events where the listeners can join in the short future? Uh, very, yes. Actually, the day before yesterday, there was a very interesting event, which was called the Blue Invest, which is annually organized by the uh, by the European Commission, but there are there are many. For example, in the in the month of Feb February, if I'm not wrong, is supposed to um, uh, to is supposed to 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 issue the second ministerial declaration on blue economy from the Union for the Mediterranean, which means that all uh, the countries. Uh, surrounding the Mediterranean, and not only, also because there are, let's say, also even a northern country, North Europe country, uh, speak about the blue economy, uh, where we are now, and what is still missing to promote this, to push forward this concept. And it's going to be, uh, it was supposed to be next uh, next month in Malta, but of course, for this COVID-19 issue, I guess it's going to be a virtual uh, virtual meeting. And another question, uh, how do you see the role of uh, youth generation in this uh, transition? Because uh, I uh, see that uh, my generation, the Z-Gen, um, has a other point of view than the others. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's say from, from my, at least my opinion, the main, main suggestion that I would say is to build uh, new professional profiles. Because sometimes when you, we, we spoke earlier on about the change of paradigm, uh, to change paradigm, you need people uh, to, to move in a different direction with respect uh, uh, to where we have been moving to in the last uh, centuries. And to do that, uh, you need, of course, uh, goodwill, definitely, but you need also technical skills, knowledge, and, and then this can be also can be only achieved if in 10, 15 years we have uh, um, professional profiles able to understand what blue economy is, what means uh, sustainable aquaculture, uh, what means uh, um, which kind of action we need to address climate change, etc. So my, my, my first suggestion would be academic uh, 
academic, uh, a solid academic background, a new one. So uh, that's why we have been working also with the university in order to push them to include a new curriculum outside, let's say, beyond the, the traditional, uh, the traditional uh, faculties. Um, you, you may, you, you should give the opportunity uh, to you, young people to understand what uh, uh, marine uh, energy is about, uh, or what uh, seabed um, is about, uh, what kind of benefits we can uh, get from, from it. I mean, to, to, to have new, new professionals. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you make a connection between the economic fields and the educational field. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, blue economy without a professional pushing forward the concept in practical terms is going to be difficult. That's why we need a new innovative, uh, innovative uh, professional profiles. Mm -hmm. I uh, try to learn more about this topic and I think that it's very important to show people that it exists and uh, there are a lot of uh, businesses which is uh, applied in practice already yeah. and uh, based on sustainability and nature-oriented ideas and I think it would be nice to uh, show them to, as an inspiration or... Yeah, sure. No, that's good. That's good. Hey, since uh, we, you talk about uh, uh, Blue Economy courses, now another, another initiative that uh, comes to my mind is uh, in Italy, in the north of Italy, uh, there is, uh, uh, in the city of Trieste, uh, there is a very good uh, um, Blue Economy Center. They organize uh, summer schools, if I'm not wrong, but they also organize uh, one-year advanced master in Blue Economy. Now, if you're looking for, for example, also inspiring uh, example of uh, small and medium enterprise, there is, um, in Barcelona, in Spain, there is a center of the Barcelona Convention, which is called uh, Sustainable Production and Consumption uh, Center. It's a regional activity center of uh, UNEDMAP. And they, let's say, their main, uh, the, the core of their work is to, to relate to small and medium enterprises which propose something new. So if you contact them, if you remind me, I will send you the contact person. They can give you a, a list of very interesting uh, initiatives uh, in all over the Mediterranean. Wow, so, it, sounds, it sounds great. Yeah. No, it's interesting. There are a lot of startups, a lot of uh, SMEs, and uh, you will be surprised to know how many people are trying to, to, to develop ideas to make this concept uh, work, let's say, in the with this leg. Good to hear this because uh, here in my country it's a very new concept and uh, people mm. usually are skeptic so yeah no it, take, it takes time you know yeah. sometimes when you speak about concept uh, people may believe that it's just an empty box uh, but uh, you have to it takes time you have to explain that uh, these concepts are just uh, a means to make people understand each other in order that they would speak the same language. But inside the box, there are very extremely concrete things like aquaculture, tourism, maritime transport, energies. These are really crucial economic sectors 
giving uh, jobs to millions of people. So uh, it's extremely concrete. It's not just, uh, let's say, the concept is just the, the roof. But uh, in, uh, let's say in the house, uh, there, is, there are many concrete things uh, to discuss. If I recall correctly, in your presentation, you were mentioning the, the, the book of Paul. Of uh, Gunther. Yes, yes. I uh, okay. I have uh, his books and I really like uh, his concept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see, there are a lot of example of uh, concrete of, examples. Uh, concrete uh, examples. Yeah. Yes, yes. Right. The, the the challenge is to to make an idea transferable, uh, replicable. Otherwise, it becomes a very good idea, but. Uh, you need to adapt it uh, to, to scale up the idea and uh, make uh, uh, the idea to become a regular practice, let's say. Yes, and uh, I think it's crucial to show people real examples, not just theories. Absolutely, I agree. No, no, you're right. Yeah, yes. Bluemakers Podcast, where waste is not wasted anymore.